All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I am Vince Quinn, and joining me to go around the NFL, who better than somebody who works at NFL Network, Mike Yeah, Mike, what's going on? Uh, I'm doing well. Vince, I feel like we should not even talk about the NFL and just go back to memory lane about Rose Hill, talk about her experience with the Bronx at Fordham. Well, I don't know how Fordham's football team was for you when you were there, but for me, it was terrible. <laughs> they were really you know, bad. It actually, uh, to be honest with you, and, and look, not to sort of dork out on Fordham athletics, but uh, Dave Clawson was there when I was there. The football team was good. What was bad was the basketball team. We had some some rough years when Bob Hill was there, uh, although the basketball team, dude, you're in New York City, you should have a really good basketball team, and that hasn't been the case, but hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll turn it around. Yeah. At some point I was saying that when I was there in, you know, 2010 and it, it really yeah, no, we're still waiting. It's all good. It's we'll figure it out. It'll feel that much better when they get it back on top. Yeah. Pressure's on Fordham. We're waiting for you now. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go to the NFL here. So fun conversation that's been going around this week, Mike, is you've had this talk about the best wide receiver in football. Devontae Adams has been talked about. He weighed in on sure. it. Who do you think sure. the best wide receiver in football is? You know, i got to be honest with you, Vince. The, the more and more I watch these games on Sundays, I, I can't get over just how talented Metcalf is. I, I, you know, look, I mean, he's got arguably one of the top two or three quarterbacks and, and a guy that I put, you know, sort of in on the short list for, for MVP honors and Russell Wilson. But there's so many special things that Metcalf does. And to be honest with you, I think already the play of the year is when he's streaking down that sideline, he chases down Buda Baker, who's also been um, had, a, had a tremendous season for Arizona. You know, that hustle, Vince, at the end of the day, I think if you are a, a high school coach, peewee football coach, college coach, whatever, you're, you should show that tape because that effort from what we saw from Metcalf is is special. So effort aside, I think the numbers certainly keep him in that conversation. He is a freakazoid when he's on the football field. At that size, the things that he can do, to me, I would take Metcalf. Well, you know, it's so funny that you make the case that the biggest play for a wide receiver is a defensive play, but you're yeah. right. Like, you yeah. look at that play, it's really remarkable. It showcases his speed and the, and the the energy for the game. It's it's really great to see. And, and you know what else is so cool about this argument? Like, you make the DK Metcalf case, and it's a good case, and there's so many good wide receivers in the league right now. I mean, you can look around. Yeah. There's like yeah. eight to ten guys that you could make at least a decent argument for. You know, it's actually a great call, and I think if you take it even a step further, Vince, you know, I I spent almost the last 10 years covering the Pac-12 conference, and I think the more and more you see the college game enter the NFL on Sundays, I think that's that's part of the reason why we're talking about all these wide receivers and these talented guys that are on the football field. I think there's been more of a college influence on the NFL game over the last couple of years and sort of what we've seen, you know, 10, 15 years ago from Sunday football. And I think that sort of lent to more athletic guys. And, you know, you, you said showcasing the speed with Metcalf. Think about dudes that are his size that can move like that. There, there's not many people that exist maybe ever in the game and, and really on the planet. I mean, that's why obviously he's in the NFL and he's super talented. But that, there's those intangible aspects to his game, which really make him special. Yeah, and, and speaking about that ability in the college game and how it's going pro, I, I think that's a really important point because I had a conversation with with somebody like two weeks ago, and they just casually mentioned the idea that your typical statue quarterback is a dying breed in the NFL. And I thought about it, and I go, wow, like that that's something you're really not seeing as much anymore. You know, yes, and I, I agree to a point, and I certainly understand where people are going with that. But yet, when I consistently look at the guys who had success and who won Super Bowls, granted, like you can, the, the most electrifying guys, and I think you look at Patrick Mahomes, for example, a guy who's got that mobility, Lamar Jackson, it seems like every time he's on the field, we can't keep our eyes off of a player like him. 
But at the end of the day, we've seen quarterbacks, and maybe it's not the best example, but you know Ben Roethlisberger is having a great year so far, a really good year, I should say, on a on, on a team that's having a great season in the Steelers. But I don't think of Ben as like the most mobile guy. Tom Brady, not certainly the most mobile guy. Drew Brees, like I think there's still a world where those guys, depending on the offense and what you want to tailor your scheme around, certainly have that ability. I think. From a fan perspective, Vince, we all sit there and are amazed by the physical attributes of certain quarterbacks like the Mahomes and, and the Mar Jacksons of the world that can that can get out and do some special things with their legs. I mean, take it a step further, I, I think back, you know, 15, 20 years ago when Michael Vick was doing this, like now we have just more Michael Vicks in the NFL that are really just dynamic athletes. Well, yeah, and we're talking with Mike Yam of NFL Network, and that's the thing, Mike, is I kind of wonder, like, okay, let's say five years from now, ten years from now, we're having the same conversation. You know, Fordham is still figuring it out with their teams, but we're we're talking about the NFL and and what they're able to do. And, I mean, with Drew Brees at that point out of the league, Tom Brady out of the league, Roethlisberger out of the league, like, as that all changes over, how many guys like them come into the NFL from the draft because the big-time college programs want those guys, develop those guys, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, I I think there's definitely a lot of truth to that as well. But, you know, at the same time, like, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, some of the quarterbacks that we've seen, like Josh Allen is is a a guy that's got an absolute cannon of an arm that's out there, and he's a younger player. Like, I think about Justin Herbert and the success that he's had early on in his career, too, who I think is going to be a good quarterback. Like, once again, Vince, I think if you look at certain offensive schemes, you know, I think offensive coordinators, head coaches, general managers, when they're doing their evaluation, they go, all right, this is what we want to run. You know, do you know, what is Patrick Mahomes? What can he do? Well, he's so damn dangerous with his arm and his legs. You know, we can, he can fit a lot of different schemes, and we use that the advantage that he's got with his athletic ability in our offense. But Justin Herbert, when we've seen flashes of him run so far this season, Justin is going to have a ton of success, but he is a prototypical pocket passer. We're seeing what, the, what he's able to do on third down. We're seeing some of these long bomb touchdowns that he's throwing. So for as much as, once again, I think we can gravitate from a fan perspective on like these electric moments that we get from athletic quarterbacks, I do think that, that the traditional pocket passers will still have a great future in the league. Yeah, I, I think so too. There's there's going to be the possibility like the, the the coaching has been better and they're going to allow they're going to have that open mind of taking either yeah. guy, I think as much as the trends have been towards those guys with legs. Sure, sure. Now, here's something I got to ask you about, Mike, cuz I saw this story today and I don't know if you saw the story, but what is happening with the Jets? Did you see the story with the cameras? No, no. I'll, I thought you were just talking about the fact that they haven't won and Darnold's not playing. We're going to see Joe Flacco for a third time. I didn't see the camera story. Oh, my God. So I, I won't pound you with questions on this, but, man, look up what's going on with the Jets because there, there's a story right now that, that came out earlier today, and it's the idea that there have been security cameras in smoke detectors in the practice facilities locker room, which is a crazy story. And the theory is that they've been, Why would they do that? Well, I know. That's that's what everybody's asking. And I, I believe ESPN's had a report about it. I'm trying to think of what other outlets have done it. But from what I'd read, the, the league was alerted about this in the middle of October. Um, there's all this back and forth now about, like, how long have the cameras been in? Did players actually know about it? The Jets are claiming that players did know about it. I, it it's like this really strange, confusing thing. And so definitely look into it. And trying to figure it out is, is just the weirdest, craziest, and, and very typical Jets thing that you can think of, right? Like like you're saying, I mean, the Jets, it's always something with them, and having Darnold not play, and the team spiraling out of control, and, and that being like a side note going into this game is just that that's who the Jets are these days. 
there's definitely a lot of drama, certainly, and it, it's mostly because of what's happening on the field, especially around that team's offense. I, and I apologize if I didn't see the story. I've been inundated with you know college football with the Pac-12 coming back because I, I do some work with the league on yeah. top of the fact that I was just flying to Los Angeles for some other side work. So it's just been a little bit of a whirlwind. But you're right, there has been a lot of drama. That is, as soon as we get off the phone here, I, that's the first thing I'm going to go look up because I have not heard that story, and that is – almost unexplainable like off the top of my head like a lot of times since you could throw something weird and you can kind of rationalize it quickly on the fly like i couldn't even tell you why you would have cameras hidden in smoke detectors that's just odd it's, i don't know whether yeah. to it's, describe that it's crazy man so yeah you'll probably be talking about that a lot this week I would, <laughs> just <laughs> so there you go you, you could give that a look now we're, we're talking with mike yam of nfl network and mike let me ask you about this final question for you is as we're now in the middle of the season, you're getting all these conversations, you know, different awards and whatnot. Do you have any thoughts on who your MVP would be at this point of the year? Wow. You know, I think, and it's funny, Vince, because it goes back and forth. And I think, you know, it's tough because I'm still going to lean towards some of these quarterbacks and some of the guys that we've made reference to. Um, you know, the Mahomes of the world who've had great seasons so far. Russell Wilson certainly comes to mind. I think when I go to the end of the season, like who's the guy that I think is going to be there? God, I mean, even Derek Henry's had a great year, although they, they're coming off those back-to-back losses. You know, Steelers have played great. You know, I, I'm still going to lean towards Wilson. I think mm-hmm. – the fact that they've had the season that they've had so far this season and their defense has struggled as much as they've had have struggled so far. And I know they've addressed it with the trade deadline and, and trying to bring in some more defensive players. But to me, Wilson is a special football player. I think from an accuracy standpoint, it's been spectacular to see, but when there's so much pressure on one guy to consistently execute on the football field, and granted we started this conversation talking about who the best wide receiver was and, he, and he's got that guy. But to me, that that entire team success hinges on what Russell Wilson does on the football field. So while there's a lot of guys right now, I I think I might lean towards him. And it just feels like it's time for him, too. I mean, he's been good for so long, and and now he's finally breaking through and everybody's talking about him. It's nice. He doesn't get the the credit, I don't think. I think people look at other guys – in the league, and I get it. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers has had, you know, I, although they've been a little up and down, I know we talked about Adams before, but, you know, he's made it look easy for most of his career, and I understand why people would still look towards him. Mahomes is always going to be in that conversation if Lamar is able to figure out some of these intermediate passes and these throws and these games. Maybe he'll kind of get thrust back into that conversation, but right now, give me Wilson. All right. Well, hey, Mike Yam of NFL Network. Happy to talk with you for a couple of minutes, man. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it again soon, man. Yeah, sounds good.